This is Flip the Library, the Gwinnett County Public Library podcast. I am Steve Thomas, branch manager of the Collins Hill branch. My name is Melissa Gramont, supervisory librarian at Norcross. And today we'll be speaking with Shelley Schwarzler. She is our director of development and community outreach. And we're just going to start by asking her um, what her background is and how she came to start working at GCPO. Well, first of all, hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be part of your podcast. You guys are uh, uh, working your way to fame here. And so I'm so excited to be, be a part of it. Well, welcome. <laughs> so I was born and raised in Gwinnett County. Um, and I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but it's been a long time. <laughs> so I've kind of seen um, Gwinnett grow rapidly over the last lots of years. And um, I, I guess my background, I have an international business degree um, with a focus in marketing um, from the University of Georgia. That was the only time I left Gwinnett was to go to Athens for school. I uh, happened to meet my husband there, came back here because he was already graduated and had a job here. And I thought, oh, great, I'm still here. <laughs> but it actually has worked out very well because now um, I went on to get my master's degree in social work from the Uni- University of Georgia Gwinnett campus and have been able to raise my family and have my kids go to the same school system and just really be connected. I couldn't imagine any differently. I uh, sold residential real estate for 10 years. And uh, as a young mother, I did a lot of fundraising in a volunteer capacity, um, not for a paid kind of formal role. So, um, of course, my husband was very pleased when I went into fundraising and actually received a paycheck (laughs) for that. Um, Yeah, and so the opportunity came about. uh, I've always been passionate about the library system, about education in general. Um, One of the things my husband always said was that I was a chronic student, uh, and I just enjoy learning, and I want everyone to have that ability. So um, when this opportunity came about, I thought, oh, my gosh, it marries my kind of sales and and business background with the nonprofit piece of the social work and I just thought it it'll also allow me to leverage some of my relationships in the county to be able to advance the library in a positive direction so that's kind of how I got here. Um, so you were recently promoted to Director of Development and Community Outreach. Can you talk about what the change in your responsibilities were and um, what those responsibilities are now? Yeah, so Luckily now, I think with this promotion um, comes a little bit more of a team effort, which is really nice because um, it was kind of, I won't say completely on my own plate, but um, I feel like now I have a lot of uh, extra support in the marketing department that's there um, to help us get our message out. Because a big part of what I do um, in the beginning was just raising awareness uh, in general about hey, did you know, A, this is what the library is now? Because, you know, you guys all know that common misconception that we're just a place for books, and they don't realize how advanced we are. And so that was a big piece of it. The other part was um, letting people know that they could give money to the library in addition to what they kind of already are giving inadvertently through their tax, property taxes. Um, And letting them realize that, you know, in order to keep up with the growing needs of our community and evolve with you, we need extra funding. So that was, um, that's kind of a big piece of it. Um, So developing that comprehensive development and marketing plan. Also overseeing the grant processes that we have in place. Um, 
which is kind of still in the works. We're still working on how that's going to pan out, but um, I am uh, I'm confident that we will have a really strong grant program. Um, we're just kind of trying to formulate how it looks, and that'll also be probably tied into our strategic planning stuff that we're doing. In addition to all that, overseeing the community partnerships and strategic alliances um, and kind of using that, uh, I'm so excited that the volunteer uh, position is there too because she, the volunteer coordinator um, works with all the branches, but they're also working with all of the community um, kind of at large. So that it kind of, multi- it's like a force multiplier basically for us to um, find those um, important partnerships that we need in the community and then f- steward them and grow them and, and get the support we need, whether it's through, you know, a letter of support from a computer community partner or, um, or through an actual physical monetary donation. So on the site, you mentioned, you know, people can go and they can give to the library and they can, we, we have some specific, specific ways that they can give. Can you talk about some of those specific, like they can give specifically to career online high school or they can give specifically to youth programs. What kind of specific options do they have just from the site? I know once you get into relationship, you can talk even more um, specifics, but what kind of options do people have? Well, I'm glad you asked that because I think that's one of the things that maybe, uh, we, I could do a better job communicating with the staff about because, um, there's a there's several different buckets, if you will, um, and the first one is basically just a general kind of we call it support the greatest need. So whatever arises that we feel is a project that's urgently needing some sort of something, then um, it's unrestricted funds that we're able to use for those purposes. Um, then we have the early childhood initiatives, um, which would be include things like summer reading programs, but also just allowing us to. Uh, either further our reach somehow through the early literacy um, efforts or um, even if it means buying more supplies or equipment, um, just the extras that we all want, we just can't afford to have, um, and that basically are um, serving just those those early childhood range. Then we have lifelong learning and community enrichment, and that is um, inclu- encompasses our um, career online high school program which, as you all know, hopefully, is um, the majority of the way to keep that program running is through private support, whether it's from a corporate donation or a grant or some some form of extra money outside of what is in our, it's not budgeted. That also, the lifelong learning also encompasses adult programming. Um, ultimately, I would love to be able to have more money to get, provide for adult programs as well. And I know Denise would really appreciate that <laughs> because yeah. it would allow us to get, you know, more authors or, um, I don't know, just some, some, some different programs that we might not otherwise be able to offer. Um, and then finally, the um, capital, the cap- capital piece, which is basically for our new branches, we have, um, it's called the Engaging Spaces oh. um, bucket. And basically, the idea is that we offer... Um, naming opportunities uh, for interior spaces of the libraries that are being built. And so, for example, in Duluth, we received a $150,000 donation um, from Kids or Kids International for the children's area. So now the county will build their building, which would be beautiful and new, and we've seen it in Lilburn. It's gorgeous. But this will allow us to add some whimsy or some technology that we wouldn't otherwise be able to do um, and put the name Kids Are Kids International Children's Area somewhere 
in that space or on that space. Um, and we're trying to do that with each of the new branches. And eventually I'd love to see, um, an actual donor wall feature. Um, and maybe it gets piloted in a main branch or maybe, maybe it's piloted in each individual branch, but I would like to see it so that families can come in and find their name on the wall and say, Oh, look, we, and then ultimately it's either something that happens one and done, or maybe it's something that's an ongoing kind of, we're kind of creating it as we go. So, uh, but a, a great place to start piloting that kind of feature is with the new branches. Mm-hmm. So. Right. It's like, you know, it's still at Centennial Olympic Park. People can still, people still go look at their bricks because they, they, yeah. they bought those yeah. bricks and there's still names in there. So exactly. Like that kind of thing. And if you ever um, look at donor wall features, you can get, they're really, really, really nice. Like you can get some really creative art, you know, kind of just different. Uh, it's not just a plaque on the wall necessarily. So, but I think that's important. Um, a good way for the community to, you know, be encouraged to continue to come into the library too, because they're like, look, that's my name or that's my cousin's name or, you know, that kind of thing. So I could foresee that. And it also allows individuals to give if they couldn't otherwise give, because not everybody has the 10,000 or 25,000 <laughs> <laughs> for the large major gifts. Um, so it's not just, you know, corporations. It's also down to the individual level. Right. Not, not everything has to be a $100,000 donation. The right. $20 donation you can give us. Exactly. <laughs> is exactly. Just we'll as take much. it. Yeah. Exactly. And it's a form of community engagement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Okay. Well, um, now that we've gotten into the specifics, um, can you explain what Library Giving Day is in a broad sense and how did it come to be? Yeah. So um, I had the opportunity to attend an international fundraising conference just for public libraries um, that was started a couple years ago. And last year was the first time I went. I think it was their second actual conference. And it was um, spearheaded by the Seattle Public Library System, um, whose foundation has been established for a very long time. Um, And out of the feedback and the kind of um, um, the conversation that went on during that time uh, of that conference, it was brought to light that we need to band together as library systems and stop trying to just do this all on our own, that it is important that we play together and we use that nationwide um, PR, if you will, to kind of um, create something more powerful and more meaningful. So um, basically, uh, it was I think it was talked about Giving Tuesday came up and there are so many nonprofits and um, very needy, worthy causes asking for money on Giving Tuesday. And it was really hard to differentiate the library as part of that, um, especially just because it was just so competitive. So we thought, why not during National Library Appreciation Week, we actually have a giving day, kind of almost to replace Giving Tuesday for us. Um, but that will be driven on a national level. So this is the first year, and I'm very excited that we are participating kind of uh, blindly because nobody really knows <laughs> what, how mm-hmm. is this, this going to work, how mm-hmm. is this going to work. Um, but I think the stories that come out, even if we aren't as successful as we'd like to be this first year, um, I'm hoping that the stories that come out and the ideas that emerge as to how to make it more profitable and more well-known overall, plus also just that uh, national awareness piece that it's going to bring about. Um, Hopefully we can get, you know, more national press, um, which would make the local level much easier. I know it's kind of 
different for everyone. So I, I'm, I'm really appreciative that the staff is embracing this and hopefully each year it will just become more comfortable and easier and kind of less uh, of a thought, less of a mindset of, hey, I need to ask these people for money, more of a let's just let's just praise who we are as a library system. And that kind of leads into our next question of not only just for Library Giving Day, but in general, how can branch staff help you and your department? Well, I think the biggest thing is um, they continue to be excellent ambassadors for the library. Whether you're in the branch or outside of the branch, just continue to talk about how great it is and how much uh, how worthy we are to the community. I think that's very helpful in general. Also, the other thing is communication is a huge key for me. Um, if if you have a story that's showing an impact that the library has on another person's life, I think I would love to hear it. I um, I some people say you better watch what you what you ask for, but I really wouldn't mind being inundated with emails about stories because to me it gives us that ammunition almost and that. Um, content to be able to spread the word um, on a larger scale. And I, you know, as much as I would love to be in the branches more to hear those stories firsthand, it's hard. It's hard to do Mm -hmm. that, you know, to travel all over to, but if I have those in my wheelhouse already, when I'm out in the community, or if I meet a particular person that has an affiliation for whatever that impact story holds, then it's so much easier to kind of steward that relationship. Um, So I think, you know, if they're, if there's any impact stories, communicate it. If there's any person that you think um, is a really good library advocate or ambassador, somebody that um, you notice is there all the time and is proud to be there and enjoys it, we'd love to meet them because that's the kind of story that we can use to kind of um, continue to demonstrate how worthy we are in the community. And what's if staff want to pass this on to you, is email the best way to communicate that to you? Yes. And talking about reaching out to the community and um, a fun way that we do it is um, our gala. And can you tell us a little bit about how it went last year and what changes you've made for this year? Yeah. Um, The gala, it was, not to sound biased, I feel like it was very (laughs) wonderful. Um, I um, was... I was just overwhelmed with the outpouring of support from the community and the number of people that we had in attendance. That was a big um, thing because it, it was a worry. You know, it was it was unex- we didn't know what to expect because it was our very first one, um, and we did actually come out raising money. So that was always that was another big perk. Yes. Um, there were some small technical things that um, we definitely know we can improve upon. Some of those were were almost budget related because I didn't want to spend a lot if we didn't know how much we were going to make and um, those kinds of decisions. But um, we want to make sure that everybody who's there has an amazing time and they don't notice any blips. There's no, you know, so one of those things was the sound was a little different, a little off, but it was also the related to the venue. Um, And we ran out of parking, you know, those kinds of things (laughs) that you're like, ah! Mm-hmm. But um, we uh, this year we moved our venue to a place where the audiovisual um, is they know what they're doing very well, so that won't be an issue at all. Um, we did um, enlist the help of a author who a, a New York Times bestselling author who um, has written a book that's a movie, only because mm-hmm. um, not everybody 
is familiar with an author's name necessarily, so I thought it would be helpful to have someone that's sort of attached to a Hollywood famous kind of screen name. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just to kind of encourage more people to, to come out, especially the people that, because I feel like sometimes the same group attends the same things over and over. And so this will help us to kind of branch that, that scope out. Right. And also the venue, we have the capability to increase the size if we need to. So it's flexible in that regard. Um, so that's one thing that we're doing um, differently. I think this year's this year's theme is supposed to be uh, 1940s big band um, kind of theme, and I'm hoping that we can enlist uh, a band um, that's pretty significant and uh, fun, and that we'll we will definitely incorporate dancing somehow this year because that was a big request last year. In fact, with the dueling pianos last year, um, they guests actually moved the tables. A, out of the way in the middle so that they could dance afterwards. So, um, and then, uh, I'm hoping that the, the run of show is a little bit more streamlined this year. So it's not, um, do this, do this, do that, but it's kind of more fluid. And so that people don't feel like they have to leave right away. They can just kind of stay and be, um, entertained and really get the value for their, for their ticket price. Some staff members may not actually know what a gala is. Like you, it's a word you hear of, or explain how the process goes. So when we talk to customers about it, and we have that on our website, and someone asks about it, how should we best sell the idea of a gala? Okay. Yes. So the very good question. Yeah. So um, gala basically is a very well, I would say it doesn't have to be formal, but ours is um, more on the formal side, um, a, just a way for us to celebrate and fundraise um, in general overall for the library system. And also it's a platform for us to relay our important messages. So this year we really want to have some really good video to, to relay to people, um, showing the impact that the library has on the community. Um, and then, uh, you know, just letting people have a good time and, and, um, inv- and show that they can invest in the library um, in other ways than just um, g- giving money straight out. Like you can actually come and enjoy a meal and, uh, and say you were a part of something bigger. And what, what is the venue this year and for people who haven't heard and th- who, who's the author? The venue is the Infinite Energy Center and the author is Sarah Gruen. Um, she wrote Water for Elephants, but she is um, her latest novel is called At the Water's Edge, which was um, in the 1940 time period. Um, so thanks to Denise for helping us to, to obtain um, that lovely author. Um, I would encourage all of the staff to go uh, online, get familiar with our, our giving buckets and our foundation pages that are on there so that they just have that knowledge in general. Um, and I always like to use Steve's example when he met someone at a conference um, and just struck, struck up a conversation and somehow it came into support of the library system. And he immediately introduced her to me and we took a one-time gift um, and turned it into a recurring. She gives every month. She gives $200 every month. Um, and uh, again, just every periodically I reach out to her. We, we we connect, we talk about her interest, and, and hopefully we'll see that grow over time 
uh, and continue to grow. And so that's kind of a prime example of how communication is really important. So if there's anybody that you think that um, I need to be talking to, then definitely let me know. Well, that, that's good to know. I knew yeah. about the initial introduction. I didn't know yeah. that it continued yeah. into the present day. Yeah. So that's great. So thank you, Shelly, so much for coming on to talk with us. And I'm sure staff can, again, email you, call you, see you whenever they're around mm-hmm. HQ to talk about any, any follow-up details that they'd like to know more about. But thank you for talking to us. Thank sure. you. Happy to be here. Thank you, guys.